Oh God, help, me to help us to hear your word and to know your voice this day. Amen. For as unseemly as it may appear nowadays for a woman to preach, it should be remembered that nothing is impossible with God. These words come to us from the late 19th century by a woman who would author the first self-published autobiography of a woman of color in the United States and who would become the first woman of color to preach from the pulpit, Mrs. Jarena Lee. Last week, as we heard Pastor Aaron talk about how the first denomination created by and for black people was created in the United States, we heard about, and we would expect to hear about, men. Men have always been at the front of the church, and too often we find at the expense of women and other marginalized people. Now, as you know very well, there are two white ministers in your congregation. And Aaron and I are actually kind of mindful of that image, and we've talked at length about how it's important to us that we emphasize and amplify the voices of women and of people of color. Women who teach us about the strength that is needed to stand up for what is right, to speak up for what is vital and necessary, to insist that all people are deserving of dignity and respect. With what shall I come before the Lord? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Jarena had been called to the ministry twice in her life. The first time she felt stirred to speak up, Richard Allen, the man who would create the African Methodist Episcopal denomination, told her that the church did not call for women preachers. Now just hearing those words frustrates me, irritates me, but for Jarena at the time, she was relieved. Richard's rule meant that she would not have to step out from what was expected of a woman at that time. She could remain in the background doing her own thing, involved in her own life. Just like us, right? We don't always want to respond to the call we hear from God, the call to care for our neighbors, to stand up when we'd rather just keep the peace. But for Jarena, the call was insistent. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Eight years later, as she sat at Mother Bethel Church in Philadelphia, the Spirit of God brought Jarena to her feet. 
According to her, the preacher that day just didn't have the spirit, and so she rose as if aided by some supernatural force. She spoke then of how she had hoped for this call to leave her and how she had been denied her call to preach before. But now, she writes, God made manifest God's power in a manner sufficient to show the world that I was called to labor according to my ability and the grace given to me. In other words, Jorena had found her voice. Jorena was a free black woman living at the beginning of the 19th century. She feels a call to preach, but knows deep down that embodying that call is dangerous because it would place her as a social outcast, as someone who dares to believe that they have the authority to speak on behalf of God. She's relieved when she's told by Richard Allen that she isn't allowed to preach, but the spirit doesn't leave her. For eight years, she resists this call until she can no longer do so. And when she lives into that call, she is supported by the very man who had previously told her it was wrong. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To them belong the glory and power forever and ever. Dr. Ashley Dreff, the author of Nevertheless, American Methodists and Women's Rights, says that for millennia, women have been intentionally written out of the Christian narrative. Their roles have been assigned to them by the leaders of society and by those who write history. Their theologies, stories, missions, calls, and contributions have been pushed aside, deemed improper, unauthoritative, unimportant, but women have continued on. They kept writing, kept preaching, kept calling others to God. They maintained missions, wrote declarations, gave speeches. They occupied pulpits, legislatures, and homes. 183 years after the Spirit moved Jorena Lee to become one of the first women of color to preach in the United States, another woman of color became the first woman bishop of the very denomination begun by Richard Allen and influenced by Jorena Lee. Of this momentous moment for the African Methodist Episcopal community, Bishop Vashti Murphy McKenzie wrote in 2000, because of God's power, the stained glass ceiling has been pierced and broken. In her book, Not Without a Struggle, Bishop Vashti writes that the tapestry of female leadership is woven with threads centuries old. We find these threads in scripture and in our own culture, countless women who have become role models, leaders, and guides throughout history and today. We find these threads in the continued insistence that God speaks not through a select few, but through all of God's people. Bishop Mackenzie is confident in a future where women play an increasingly significant role in church and society. You know, we think we've come so far, but there is still work to do. Mackenzie believes our challenge is threefold. 
First, we must reclaim the legacy of female leadership from the margins of history. Second, we must be committed to ensuring the dignity and integrity of all people. And finally, we must insist on the role of education for women and girls around the world and the equitable sharing of resources for all. This is the gospel, isn't it? This is God's spirit speaking to us about our future, one that is brimming with possibility. Now, it is a sad reality that too many women have had to fight for their voice in our churches. In the United Church of Christ, we, we do better at this, but there is still room to grow. Our Associate General Minister, the Reverend Tracy Blackman herself, a woman of color, reminds us that the church is here for people to get rooted in who they are and how they should be. And churches must be a place that teach that any oppression of people that limits their ability to be all that God designed them to be is wrong. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly. For in hope we were saved. It takes courage to stand up. It takes courage to speak out. But we know how it is done, right? We know how to do that because of women like Jorana Lee and Vashti McKenzie who stood up, who spoke up, who insisted that God's spirit was alive in the world, a world that includes all of us, every single one of us, white, black, gay, or straight, men, women, transgender, non-binary, or queer, independent, Democrat, or Republican. What these women remind us of is the power of God's message of inclusion, of radical welcome, of unity. Let us then strive for unity in all that we do so that one day these divisions might cease and we might come together as one, rejoicing in what makes us uniquely us, knowing above all that we are the children of God.